0: Use nearly
1: that
0: hopefully alright <laughs> <laughs> although I didn't sleep last
1: night
0: so who knows alright was busy up watching the doll okay check him out
1: alright um first of all I want to I want to thank um Kevin O'Brien for joining us on uh I guess I guess the official word for the uh, the title for this podcast is uh, the deep field. Thank you the for deep ch- field. the deep field.
0: Nice. It's, I'm, I'm glad to be part of the deep field.
1: <laughs> not not the deep field. The deep field. Uh, it's it's a reference to um, there were some um, radio antenna satellite pointed towards a section of the sky that I guess now is uh, where the new satellite um, telescope is pointed, and it's called the Deep Field South. So it's pointed towards the Deep Field South, where it's the darkest part of the sky, so they assume it's the oldest part of the sky.
0: Oh, interesting, interesting. You know those old radio stations, they get like – I mean like WBZ in Boston – At nighttime, you can hear them in France in the right weather conditions.
1: Oh, I I believe it 100%. (laughs) Bouncing off the ionosphere. Yeah, crazy
0: strong ones. The old ones from, like, the 20s and 30s, you know what I mean?
1: Uh,
0: I used to call into them and say nothing just to know that people in France heard me say nothing stupid. Well, no, everything's stupid, but nothing. Not of any
1: substance. Um kind of like what this podcast might turn into, but that's perfect.
0: Yeah, who knows? Who knows?
1: Um, So, yeah, thank you for joining me on on the Deep Field Podcast. Glad to be here. So, um, I'm going to introduce you really quick to uh, who eventually will become our listening audience. Uh, I've known Kevin for 30 years. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, Kevin is uh, originally a, a Boston native. Um, he is currently, uh, a Philadelphia-based author, artist, and performance artist. Um, he has, I think, 15, 15 books, self-published. Close to that,
0: yeah, something like that. Um, print,
1: but, you know. and, um, re- recently in years, uh, past, he's, he's been doing a lot of, uh, visual art in and around Philadelphia as well as hosting uh, open mic nights at cavanaugh's and i'm uh, used to be at the irish times so he's he's kind of plugged into the philadelphia uh art and literary scene so kevin um why don't you do a little self-introduction to all the stuff i missed i mean there's uh, a, sure. so much yeah. stuff um, I missed.
0: <laughs> my name's uh kevin o'brien um i've been um Uh, creating uh writing and art for the last well you know i mean basically all my life um for the most part writing but uh you know a lot a lot of visual art did did a really good photography uh exhibit uh, a couple years back um called the faces of my home that was a a, you know a, a portrait project that um i had a hundred subjects that um i took a picture of their face in black and white and then I took another picture of the person in their bedroom in full color using the ambient lighting of the room. Um, and, uh, yeah, that that, that was a, one of my favorite projects recently because it, it, it went over really well, and um, and I just lucked out. The one person who was supposed to use the space, like, had to duck out. And they were like, we need something. I was like, dude, I got oh, – they, they didn't understand. I filled the entire wall with – it was just like a – a wall full of photos, it was beautiful, Um, just faces staring at you, Um, I used to love to travel, I guess I still do, but I'm just, uh, you know, I own a house with a pile of cats and a lovely lady, and uh, we don't uh, tend to get away that much anymore, Um, but yeah, um, love, love to travel, love to eat, love to have a beer here and there. (laughs)
1: What? Yeah, <laughs> just a beer here and there. <laughs> so, um, when I when I met you, you were you were traveling.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, when I met you, you were scared to death of me outside of a 7-Eleven because you thought I was a skinhead and you thought I was coming to pick you up and kill you.
1: It was actually a a, tur- a Turkey Hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. It was the uh, whatever,
0: but, you know the. The suburbs, the, the, the Philly suburbs version of a 7-Eleven. Yeah, um, yeah, they didn't have anybody else to drive the truck, so I came along, I was like, I don't know who this which guy is, but let's go get him. And uh, yeah, uh, due to my looks at the time, uh, whatever, my bomber jacket, and my uh, probably had a shaved head. You did? Uh, you, did. You, you were you were afraid as shit of me. And um, hey, that goes right along with my, my current kind of guys. I, I say, hey, if you can if you can fall in flank with the other side and they do not know, you're in a good place because they will let you – they will bleed their truth all over you, and you'll know how horrible they are.
1: <laughs> they, well, yeah, when, when, when they when they think they're in a similar company. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. It happens all the time at uh, – well, the Affirmation
0: Bar, the, the, the one you just talked about. They um yeah it, it it such things come up every now and then and I just look in wonder and go wow you have no idea who you're talking to and every now and then I do let them know when they get totally dumb but I let a certain amount of dumbness go on because <laughs> gotta make some money right
1: uh yeah the food and beverage you know, industry their, is their,
0: their money spends just as good as as ours. <laughs>
1: Actually, sometimes it spends a little better.
0: (laughs) True. True.
1: I mean, Joe Joe Rogan is a pretty good example of that.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. You know, I didn't didn't want to sound like Michael Jordan there. It's like, you know, even assholes got to buy Nikes or whatever he said. (laughs) (laughs) But don't worry, none of them are going to buy my book. And if they do, they're going to be upset that they did (laughs)
1: so is is the last long form thing you did uh canvassing
0: the canvassed canvassed was uh the last um yeah it was about a year well actually i put it out like um eight nine months ago um yeah and that's the last long form thing and i kind of cheated with it I, i wanted to take what i did on facebook which was just a pile of posts over a course of a month while I was in Georgia canvassing for, um, the democratic party for, to get Ossoff and Warnock, um, elected. But I didn't, I didn't write that much about the actual election in the book because, or it, it, on the Facebook post because everybody knew everybody that stuff was already known. So I wrote more about the process of what we were doing. Um, just, every day going out there knocking on doors, getting chased by dogs. And everybody has a dog down there in the suburbs. <laughs> yes, they do. And none of them are leashed up and they will chase you down the street. But luckily everybody also has one derelict car in their yard that the dog can chase you around and eventually you will lose them in the whole um, skirmish. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I went down there, did that, wrote a book, um, yeah, and that's the last long-form thing I did, and honestly, past that, I haven't done, I've done a lot of little little things, And but uh, the last long-form thing I did was probably about 20 years before that, when I was in India, which is, uh, you know, one of my better books.
1: Billion, Billion Eyes of God? Yep, yep, it's yep still, Billion it's not... Eyes of
0: God, that was when I was in India, uh, basically followed my travels, that's what I like to do. I, t- I tend to write more when I'm when I'm doing shit, because I don't, I'm not that creative. I don't write a ton of fiction. I'll fictionalize something that's real, or at least add some subtle nuances to it. But I don't really tend to um, write full-on fiction. I tend to just write what I'm doing and add thoughts, memories, even just.
1: I lost you there, Kevin. I think think you're mute. Can you hear me? Uh, Oh, you're back, you're back, you're back. I don't know where you (laughs) went. (laughs) My computer said that our connection was unstable.
0: Oh, nice. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean. Typical human condition.
1: So, what, <laughs> what, what is the the factual story behind billions, I, uh, the billion eyes of God? Like, what, what?
0: Oh, that's pretty easy, man. That I mean, that that book wrote itself. I just, I, I that that one was non. I mean, that's nonfiction. I didn't like, uh, I didn't have to really write too much to to beef that one up. It was um, it was just a wild jaunt around northern India that I took on a somewhat of a whim because I got a good airfare and the girlfriend I was with at the time already had a plan to go and I said all right I'll go too and um, you know we just we went all over northern India and um, around Nepal and hiked the Annapurna Circuit and spent about a month in Varanasi which was amazing. Um, I was one of the last people to see George Harrison on the planet, well, as a corpse.
1: Well,
0: yeah, it was weird. I was, uh, I was, uh, we, were leave, we were leaving Varanasi, and we we were living about, you know, I would say, 75 yards from where they burned a thousand bodies a day. And you'd think that would stink, but they used this beautiful sandalwood, and um, it's like incense. It's it's wonderful. It actually smelled good. And so we were used to seeing them um, traveling down the the river, and the roads in there are, are not car worthy. They're, they're too small. So it's always people carrying a body um, usually a you know a, an easy to carry body. <laughs> There's a lot of those in India. Um, it's wrapped <laughs> in gold and um, and are just bringing it down to be burned. And, and you know it becomes such a sight that you don't really think about it. Um, and then one day we, were, we, we had our backpack strapped on and we were um, leaving uh, the city, which I was a little bit sad for because I did love it there. And um, we saw a weird sight. We saw like, uh, eight people carrying a, a, you know, a gold-wrapped body, but they were all white. And I heard English accents. And I was like, now look at that. That's crazy, huh? And she was like, yeah, that is weird. And we just shrugged it off and walked away. And the next day, we saw the newspaper it said George Harrison was cremated at the at the river at the at the Ganges River yesterday. And I think it was like three something. And I was like, What time did we leave? It was like 2:45. I was like, Holy crap, man! We saw George Harrison leaving. Hey, Larry Krishna, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a, it's, the town is known, the city is known for its music, right?
0: It's known for its music. It's known for, it's just I mean, it's a 10,000 year old city. It's one of the oldest cities on the planet that's still inhabited. Um, It's, I mean, it's mostly known for its like, I mean, it's one of the earliest cradles of like animism. And, and then after that, like uh, the Hindus kind of, I mean, that's, that's where Hinduism sprouted from. And um, they believe – well, they believe Shiva fucked the river and created the universe, which I've always said, that's a strange way for things to happen. <laughs> but, you know, hey, what do you – how do you <laughs> – you can't fight people on these things. You just go, okay, cool. All right, so Shiva fucked the river. What, right here? And they, 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 Yes, right here. And they have like a little lingam, which is basically a penis. There's penises all over that city. So they they – sticking out of everything they don't look like penises they just look like little you know little obelisks but they're they're called lingams and um they represent shiva's penis (laughs) 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 and yeah so like i sit down there and hang out by shiva's penis and watch bodies get burned and you know it was it was beautiful one day i decided to go across the river because it's crazy because you live in this like dense kind of not a modern city it's an old city so it's not there's no big skyscrapers or anything i mean if you get out of the old part there's a few you know modern buildings and stuff but this city is old 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 and so i said i'm going to i'm going to walk across that bridge and walk on the other side of the river until i get to the other bridge and walk back over and this was a good nine, ten mile track, which is fine. That's not that bad, especially, you know. But, man, I mean, there were dogs on the other side, like dogs. I had to, like, fend myself off with a stick with these dogs that were eating a fucking – well, on the cover of the book, actually, you, you I took a picture of the dogs. They are eating a, um, the corpse of probably a, a cow that just ended up dead in the river and floating away. As they will, because you know they don't bother the cows. They let them do what they will, which sometimes means they just die in the streets, which is terrible. You know, I don't like to eat them. I also don't like to let them die in the streets. <laughs> but you know, hey, you know, different culture. You got to let them do what they do. So, yeah, no, it was a good time. They had good food over there too. And the greatest thing about that place is the smells, man. You know, you you turn one corner and be like, oh my god, you'd like just come across a Carcass with flies all over, it's like oh that's the worst smell. Or the baby that was like sitting in the, because you know they can throw, everybody's got to be burned before they go in the river. But there's certain people that can go in their hole, like a sadhu, which is like a you know a Hindu monk, um, a pregnant woman. I guess that's because they contain the vessel of a uh, pure person and a baby. And a snake bite victim, weirdly enough. But um, but yeah, the baby, you know, a lot of times they just toss them in the river. And um, yeah, and, and you know, every now and then you'd be sitting by the river and you'd be like, oh, look, at, there's a baby that got caught up in the little corner there. Because everything on their rivers, like, it's not sand or anything. it's all steps. The whole city, you know, so there's little indents where things will collect and sometimes the baby will collect there and you go wow look at that that's something you don't see in America that often but there it's normal there's actually sharks at the end of the river that exist they they subside on the corpses that are thrown into the river <laughs> yeah yeah good times
1: so how how what was what was the culmination of of that trip in in, in the book coinciding
0: um, well you know a weird thing that happened in the book, well not a weird thing, but a, a, you know a thing that's common to a lot of us, especially here in America, is um, 9/11 happened and um, that happened uh, while we were there. Uh, we happened to be up in the in the um, Himalayan foothills, if you will, um, when it happened and um, a lot of the second half of the book reflected on how life there, went on just fine and my like you know this is like the early 2000s so it was just like me writing every now and then when I could find the email you know find internet connection and people begging me to come back and like you know how crazy things were there and I was like why would I go back it's nice here like it's actually great like they're they've been living like this for 8,000 years and what just happened in New York and washington and everything didn't really affect them i mean it's affecting me because I, I i care but why would i jump on a plane and go back i mean you know I'm, I'm i'm an old man i'm not about to like join the army or something or you know and i wouldn't anyway i you know i, I was in in that book i railed again and this is right when it happened i railed against the Af- afghanistan war i i i said this is going to be the worst idea It's gonna be the worst spent money, and everybody thought I was horrible. Not everybody, but a lot of people. When I wrote this and first published it, said, "You're you're horrible. Like you know, nobody believes this. Like you know, we have to go in there." Well, look now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, like, (laughs) what 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 did we get out of that? What what where did we actually functionally get? answer Nowhere. nothing well we killed bin Laden we I mean we could have done that without leveling Afghanistan which was already leveled so we like re leveled it we I mean we could have done that especially the way we did it you know we went into Pakistan again here. for Christ's sakes I'm just saying I I don't want to go into a rant about about war even though I'm, I'm avidly against it but uh, I I don't know. In this book, I, I definitely talk a lot about how we folly into these things because we're a very easily whipped up population. And I don't know if that's because of World War One and World War II, where we were, quote unquote, super successful, which I mean, you know, I'm not going to deny. I mean, you know, uh, I don't know about uh, World War II was, a, uh, I, I guess, a righteous war, which I don't think there are very many of them. But, I mean, there are ways to fight a righteous war. I don't know if um, leveling Dresden uh, with two times the amount of explosives that happened in Nagasaki and Hiroshima combined in a city that barely had any military populace is one of the ways to do it. But we did it. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's hard to argue. Like, you know, the Holocaust was happening. You know, you've you got to fight against that. Um you know, I also, do you have to drop nuclear bombs on people and firebomb cities that are non-military into non-existence? I don't think so. I mean, that's what Kurt Vonnegut... I mean, he's he's one of my favorites. And uh, his writings illuminated me to the horrors of war. Like, how badly we... You know, because in my early life, I used to think, hey, we're, we're all right. Like, you know, America's all right. We, you know, we try and, like, fight for... <laughs> freedom around the world and you know it's easy as a young kid to like believe that and then eventually you realize we're just fighting for corporations and um for industrial greed yeah and every now and then maybe maybe you know we are um you know putting the elbow down on some strong man but i i think that's a those are the things they rely on in order to, like, prop up the rest of the crap we do.
1: Oh, it it's, yeah. Crap. Yeah, it's easier to have a poster boy for what's wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wish he could see me so I could, I could guzzle this beer in front of him. That's all right. I'm, I'm going to drink it loud. Hold on.
1: I'll mm. describe it. He's got a, a hazy IPA.
0: Oh, it's delicious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, <clears throat> kind of... Brings us to the next po- point. in a way, <clears throat> the um, surprisingly Donald Trump was anti-war, even at the time with Afghanistan.
0: Was he though? Was I mean, he's anti-wars that he didn't create. You know what I mean? He's <laughs> he's a populist. He believes in all right. He, what he wanted to do. I'm sorry. Were you going to go further with that question? Well, I was. I
1: was going to say uh, it, it, he he touts that as sure. as as a, as, a, as a talking point.
0: Well, he touted it like you know I'm not going to go into a lot of places, and there's a lot of people that like even back before World War II that wouldn't like you know I mean fucking like uh uh the senior Kennedy I mean Christ he he meant he wanted to deal with Hitler. Yes. Um, Neville Chamberlain who, who was a buddy of his want to deal with them like you know and I mean I don't know if you can really deal with somebody like Hitler but you, he's he's coming from that angle which is not always a workable angle and and get don't get me wrong I don't I'm not a warmonger at all in the least bit but I do believe in intervening and in intervening with with meaning you know with with actual you know you can't solve everything with a bomb I guarantee you, if we had the, the, the possibility of – and, and, and we, we did, but we just don't have the infrastructure or the, the mentality to do it. If we went into Afghanistan with a small military force and a large force of civil engineers, doctors and teachers – and I'm not even talking like a humongous force because we obviously need those people right here too – and we actually built things for them and showed them, oh, here's, here's, you know, we can, you know, you can do education here. You can do this, that. Would they hate? No. They would work on their own to keep that kind of thing. But we didn't do that.
1: No, no, no. We... And we, we
0: never do it. You know, we, we just go in, blow shit up and, and walk out and go, sorry, I blew up your family, you know.
1: Well, you we know. Just had to know, get that
0: bad guy.
1: They, <laughs> they um they utilize companies like Halliburton to build quote-unquote infrastructure like oh we're gonna build a main highway to the airport you know yep, yep. It, you know they 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 build um, they they really build key targets <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that entice entice the enemy to want to attack it <laughs>
0: yep, yeah it's it's absolutely <clears> true <throat> I mean you know and we, we do it right here at home too. I mean, like you know, we'd rather in we'd rather invest in the police than in the schools. Well, why do we need the police? Well, why do we quote unquote need the police so bad? Well, because we haven't utilized our schools to actually educate people and give them an opportunity. And and I'm not even talking just the schools. I'm talking about all kinds of social programs that we could we could uplift people you know even if people don't want to go to college give them a trade you know what i mean give them something to work with and then they're not going to want to like fucking be on the streets doing whatever you know what i mean like robbing for people doing everything, you know and i mean shit those aren't even the people that are the problem the people that are the problem are the people that are fucking stealing on the corporate level but they're not fucking robbing anybody with a gun on the street so nobody cares about them but that's who we should be caring about. But don't get me wrong. You know, I don't want anybody to get robbed on the street. You know, I just think we're, we're very ill positioned society to go much further than we've gone. I think we're in decline and whatever, man, I'm going to have a good time while I'm here. (laughs) But man, I think this, this ship is sinking and it's, and it's burning. (laughs) <laughs> and pass me the bottle I that's it's a, it's
1: a fair assessment <laughs> so uh, when so you rode your bike across the United States
0: I did do that that was against the Iraq war I was I was, uh, I, I was avidly avidly i mean I, I felt like um when the uh, afghanistan war started there was so much of a whip up and a true like even friends of mine even people that are pretty liberal like i mean i'm liberal man i mean you know i make fucking you know to, uh, you know I, I i make Marx look like Hitler. let's, let's put it that way <laughs> I, I i'm pretty far to the left and and you know they would be friends of mine be like what are we supposed to do of course we're supposed to go in there and i'm like all right i'm trying to argue this i'm having a hard time i'm over in india what 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 am i supposed to do but when i got back here and then i saw what was actually going on like like now he used that well bush basically used that and what his cronies basically probably talked him into it he's a simpleton you know like talked him into like, you know, like we got to go into Iraq, you know, we got to do this. And everybody ate it up like lap dogs, like ate it fucking up. And I'm not saying you, but like enough people. And I was like, this is crazy. And so we started a protest in Boston and I helped out organize that. And we got something close to like 50,000 people out in Boston I mean, it was a lot of fucking people. And on that same day on the planet, I think, well, at least up to that point, it was the largest protest that had ever happened in human history. We had like hundreds of thousands of people out across the world, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands, like, you know, multiple hundreds of thousands. And um, I, I would ask people a month later, so when was the biggest uh, protest ever? And they'd be like, oh, the Vietnam War or whatever. And I was like, wow, like we're not hitting. Like, what, what is it that we're not doing? And I mean, I'm not gonna say I did something that hit because <laughs> <I>, it didn't. <laughs> but um, but I just I decided I wanted to, to wanted to go on a, a tour. I wanted to do something I was good at, which is uh, speaking with with people and um, having discussions about um why are we at war with Iraq? Like, what are we, what, what are we doing there? And also to sprinkle in like, you know, my own poetry and whatever, you know, stories and stuff like that. I keep it a little light, like, you know what I mean? Make it entertaining. And at the same time, have a discussion. So I, I, I plan an 18 sport city across America. Um, I started in Boston, went down to DC, uh, went across to San Diego and up to Seattle. And it was um, very well planned on the tour side of it. Um, as far as the cyclist side of it, which my training was, I rode from Boston to New Hampshire once, <laughs> 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 and I rode the Charles River Trail a bunch of times, which is flat.
1: Yeah. It doesn't it's along a river. <laughs>
0: Jesus fucking Christ, dude! I was so ill prepared for. Oh, you know the wind goes up the east coast. Oh, Boston west uh, to Washington. Okay, goes from west to east. Oh, yeah, it takes care of it to San Diego. Oh, it goes down the west coast. Fun, cool. So in five months, you um have maybe ten days of no headwind. And if you could have seen me, I, I looked like an insane person. I didn't have a support van or anything. I had a I had a bag with tools, a bag with fucking food, a, 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 a sleeping bag, a tent, and a fleece. And I'm screaming at the wind, like I'm yelling, "Motherfucking wind, you suck, piece of shit!" Somebody's driving past me, like, "Oh, that man is crazy. <laughs> He's probably gonna die out here." And I probably should have. I mean, I got I got attacked by dogs. I got fucking. I was sleeping in cemeteries. I learned, awesome. early,
1: I learned early on in, in, in travel without a vehicle, cemeteries are a safe place to sleep.
0: <laughs> Aren't they great, man? They're so quiet. Nobody bothers you. I set you? myself up right in front of the best tombstone that I like. You know, not the best, like quote unquote, not the fanciest, but like the one I like the most. I'm like, I really like this tombstone and i want to lay right on top of this guy. Like kind of like I'm almost spooning him in a otherworldly way. Kim, her, whoever, you know. I mean, I'm a, I'm not picky with
1: dead people. They don't
0: fight back. There's no rape with dead people.
1: (laughs) That that's gonna be the quote of the of the interview. What was it like going through the Sierra? Uh,
0: Through, through, um, wait. Well, I guess, I guess. Sierra Nevadas? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the the Sierra Nevadas weren't, you know what's funny is I went through them twice, oddly enough, and, um, they weren't that bad. Uh, the ones, the, the, the the worst mountains were the Appalachians.
1: Yeah,
0: because they're super steep they're just super steep fucking mountains and you're just climbing them like a fucking workhorse. And you got these coal trucks to just want to fucking run you over. And you're just like, Oh my God, this is the worst. The Rockies are like, you think they're the worst because you're, you, I mean, but you just, you, you ride up on them and there's only a certain point where you realize, Oh, I'm really going up now, but you get up very far. You get up as far as like the Appalachians go Without, not without noticing it, but
1: right. well, it's there, not there's, as hard. It, there's you know, a, there's a lot fun. more land to give out there. I I remember driving through those and and it's, it's they wind back and forth. There's a lot of cutbacks yeah. that you probably don't notice in a car, but you know, you're, they really took the time. Yeah. They took the time. I think out here on the East Coast with the Appalachians, they were like, we're just going to blast through this as much as we can and then go up and over it.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, let's put it this way. Um, the trip from, well, I was so glad to see you guys again in Philly. And then after that, I didn't really know anybody watching. Well, no. <laughs> oh, this is so weird. All right. Well, there was a guy named Nick that I, I met in um, Ohio. And he actually rode with me on the, this trail. Um, that went from like Springfield to Cincinnati and I had a show in Cincinnati and he said he'd ride with me and I thought that was so cool because he'd worked with me on a fishing boat and he had um, also done a wild ride with me like in Seattle when he was he was staying at my he was staying at my apartment and the fucking guy was he was a good guy he was a good guy but like many roommates and we both know about roommates um he um he would take advantage of um you know i buy a bunch of oreos or whatever and it was it was oreos and one day they were all gone and i was just like fucking ate all the oreos dude don't you have somewhere to go man like we, we don't get back on the boat for like two months don't you have somewhere to go and he was like well yeah i'm gonna go to i'm going to salt lake city i'm gonna meet this girl I was like, cool. <laughs> and then he says, I'm going to the bus station tomorrow. Cool. And then he doesn't do it. I'm like, what the fuck, man? You said you are going to the bus station. Fuck. Oh, I'm going to go tomorrow. All right. Get him on my motorcycle. I ride him right past the bus station. And I don't stop until I hit. Fucking Eugene, Oregon. This is we started in Seattle. Three hours later, he's he's hitting my helmet like, what the fuck are we doing? I said, I'm bringing you to fucking Salt Lake City, bitch, because you won't get out of my house. And we spent like a good almost week on the road. I fucking rode him right down the West Coast. We bunk banged a fucking went cross Highway 50, went over the Sierra Nevadas like in goddamn. This was like early April. There was still snow (laughs) on a motorcycle. It was fucking horrible. I thought we were going to die. I thought we were going to die more when we showed up at the Mormon household that his girl was at, (laughs) who I think was 17. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? But at any rate, I shouldn't defame him like this because uh, recently we weren't that much closer and um, we had argued a lot about... um, the vaccine for um COVID, he's like, I'm not going to live my life in fear. Three weeks ago, he went into the hospital. Two days ago, dead as a fucking doornail. He was my age. Actually, I think he was a little younger than me. I think he was about 49. Dead as a goddamn doornail. And he wasn't a bad human being. I think a lot of people recently have... I don't know, acquired an anger towards the other side, which whichever side you may be on, and I, I'm not going to say it doesn't exist on my side, but I think it's so vitriolic on the, the the right that it's just like they can't accept the fact that a vaccine will actually help you. He used to argue with me. This was like four months ago. He was arguing with me. We're why do you want to live in fear i'm like i'm not living in fear i'm living in the modern age where science helps you and other people like you know if you happen to deal with old people and don't want to make them die you know it's nice to help by getting a shot and he he wouldn't even listen he wouldn't respond he'd be like you're living in fear and I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I we went silent for a long time, and then his dad even like contacted me about him. Yeah, well, three weeks ago, it was like, looks like Nick's going to the hospital. Please send him your prayers. And I, you know, I don't. I'm a fucking atheist. I'm not sending anybody fucking prayers. That'd be pretty hypocritical of me. But you know, I thought about him, and I was like, I hope he gets through this. And I kind of assumed he would. Nope. Dead is a fucking doornail at 49. You know, oh, but at any rate, I digress. Uh, we, uh, we, he took me through Ohio, so I met him there. And then um, then I had nobody till I got to Vegas, although I met a guy on the road. He was, Well, I met a bunch of people, but there was one guy who was riding his bike, and we actually camped together for a long time, for like well, what, a couple of weeks. And uh, he, was, he was cool because he taught me about um, how, especially as you get into the West – there's a lot of public land that is actually in a town, like not not necessarily like, you know, public land, like out in the wilderness. It's like right next to the city hall or whatever. You can pitch a tent, just go tell them you're doing it. And they're cool with it. They're fine with it. I was like, Oh, this is great. Great thing to learn, you know? Yeah. But then after that, I didn't see humans that I knew till Vegas. (laughs)
1: You you, yeah, lived, you you had lived you had lived in Vegas.
0: I lived there in '99. I loved it. It was it was fun. Good good art scene there. Um, those crazy fuckers though, they gave me a bunch of acid. They gave me well, I, they, I There was all kinds of drugs that I probably shouldn't have had, going through the Mojave, but ended up taking anyway. Yeah man, I don't know how I got through Death Valley. It, I should have probably died there but i didn't it was one of the only times well besides when you guys drove me down to dc um that i i i put my bike on the back of the truck because i was riding through the mojave and it was july 4th weekend and i didn't realize it like being the patriot i am i, I <laughs> forgot it's Ju- july 4th and i'm riding through this where there's all these towns that are nothing they're four buildings and they're closed they're closed there's nothing going on there so i ended up hopping up on an interstate which isn't it's not something you should do as a cyclist and um well i was riding and i was out of water i stopped i rested underneath uh the an overpass in a place called disappointment creek Oddly enough. And it said dry you know, underneath of it. And um, when I went back up on the road, there was a guy who pulled over because I was just sitting there like going like, what the fuck am I doing? He's like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I had eaten like a sugar cube thinking it would give me enough energy (laughs) to get me. Yeah. (laughs) To the next place. And, And so... He goes, put your bike in the back. He had a truck. He goes, and there was nobody in the front. He goes, you get in the back too. <laughs> uh, he, he drove me to Barstow.
1: Smarter man where, than you. <laughs>
0: where, oh my God, he dropped me off. I got into Barstow. I had enough money for one of those crappy Barstow, like, you know, motel rooms. And it was great. I really needed it. Like, I, I had been living outside for a while. You know, I, I slept in an abandoned silver mine for, for a night. I, you know, I, I, yeah, it was great. I, I needed that. And the, the hotel owner was looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with you? I mean, like, I, I was covered in filth and dirt and sand. And I was riding this bicycle with a big rig on the back. And he's looking at me like, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, you do. You're going to want to sell me a room. (laughs) And he sells me a room. And while he's trying to walk me to the room, I look at the pool. And I go, that pool hasn't been cleaned since the Clinton administration. (laughs) And he goes, what are you talking about, sir? I'm like, look at it. It was just a pile of leaves and filth. And I jumped into it. (laughs) And he, he just put the keys on the ground next to me and said, all right, when you're done, please don't make mess in room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, later on that day, I was I was definitely by the side of the road, petting a dead cat with no eyes, screaming at veterans as they took the flags down from the side of the road going, what about his funeral? yeah yeah see there's times when you're supposed to do acid and there's times you're not supposed to and i'm not sure which time that was but I- i'm glad i did
1: I I, I I there's never been a point in my life where i felt as though it was inappropriate to do it
0: um yes and i think maybe it's your bad influence that has definitely got me into some trouble
1: oh no no no, <laughs> no, 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 no not a huge <laughs> trouble but like i, I-
0: I felt the same way a lot lot of times. I mean, I'm talking trouble with myself. You know, I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of fucking acid went through this body. And I feel like after about 10, 15 years ago, the last time happened. And it, it, it happened because it was like, I don't know. I believe in like, you do whatever you want. You know, I don't care what drug it is. It's fine. Do it. As long as you're not hurting other people or yourself, the main thing. Like, you know, and I just felt like mentally it was not. I wasn't getting anything out of it. I wasn't getting anything new out of it.
1: I yeah, I understand that. I mean, I think same stuff. You, I think we're probably the last person I took mushrooms with.
0: Which oh god, I love those. Those I still love. I got a nice chocolate bar waiting upstairs. When <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Animal Collective in about a month. And, man, that's going to be a good show. Animal Collective, folks. Fucking union transfer, I believe, March, like, 4th or 5th. Let's do this. Let's party. Let's go. Have a good time. Dance. I'll be the guy on the middle of the floor going, whoa! All
1: right, so... That leads us into... Us living together. And... You and Peter Fletcher deciding that you're going to hop some trains.
0: No, it wasn't Peter. F- oh, it was Peter Fletcher. It was Peter Fletcher and uh, that other guy, James uh, Heil. Which the last time I saw him, he was—he—he's still a little wacky. He was like, he was like, "You're my enemy." I was like, "What are you talking about, man? I'm not your enemy." I, you know. <laughs> I probably didn't get in the way when somebody kicked you out of the house for not doing anything, but I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't instigate it or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a ill-fated trip, probably from the get-go. But you know, the, 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 these are the this is the way things start. You 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 try something, you know. We we what? right, I remember you came down to the the, the 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 it was the rail yard that was like right on the schuylkill river on the on the east side of the river it was really easy to get on a freight train there because they would stop that is correct and we did a little bit of research it was like it was like all right you want to make sure you have a wet rag to put over your mouth when you go through tunnels because the gas is in there and so we get on the train and you were like, you were, you were like trying to handle stuff on. The, we, we got and we got on the worst kind of car. Like it, it wasn't that bad, but it was an empty, like a car that would have had a, a cargo thing on it, like a big cargo crate. But it didn't. So it was basically a big long nothing.
1: Yeah, just a flat with two bed. Two
0: platforms on either end. Yeah. But there was a lot of room for you to fuck up and fall off and basically die or. <laughs> you know, end up in a wheelchair or something or worse, you know? And we got on that we got, we, we almost got situated and that's where, right when we went out of the art museum and I was just like, who's got the wet towels <laughs> and we're losing, we're losing cargo. Like, you know, fucking all of our tapes are falling on the ground. I don't know how many we brought. We ended up on the other end of the tunnel with nothing but fucking moon dance by Van Morrison and, and,
1: that that literally was three minutes into the trip.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was moon dance and and, and goddamn Peter Frampton's comes comes alive. That's all we had, and some shrooms, and some weed, and whatever water and food we had. That was an ill fated trip, just just from the get go. Um, yeah, we didn't we got to Reading. Yeah. And what happened Redding? there? Oh, what happened there was we knew people were ready. Um, so we went to stay with them uh, for a night. And then they we were just like, hey, just bring us back to the freight train yard. And little did we know, the freight train area is where people do drug deals all the time. So as soon as we pulled into that empty parking lot, cops came up behind us. <laughs> and I'm like, motherfucker. So I tried to toss some weed. You know, it didn't work. And, uh, you know, I ended up in jail, ended up in jail. And, uh, you know, there was a, there was a judge that, uh, told me, uh, Mr. O'Brien, we're going to put you on ARD. I don't even know what it stands for, but it's a, it's a program you got to do. You know what I mean? You know, you know no drugs, whatever. I be, I didn't even have an ID. You know, I I gave them a bullshit address, blah, blah, blah. They let me go, and I was just like, fuck you. I'm not doing any of that shit. It was only two years later, after coming back from Ireland, I realized that was a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is the best. (laughs) (laughs) Because they put me back in jail. They're like, Oh, Mr. O'Brien, you ever been to Philadelphia, Mr. O'Brien? It's like, Yeah well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what are you
1: gonna do? So
0: you gotta live, right?
1: So what was the, what is the what were you doing in, in Ireland?
0: Not much, man. Um getting get butchered i got butchered in ireland um that's basically what i did i went to ireland to get treated like uh one of dr mengele's fucking victims <laughs> uh, no no it's funny it's like all right i all right so we did I, I did our first uh contract on the fishing boat and i came back to philadelphia when i picked up eleanor buffham because i knew she had uh relatives in england And so we stayed with her relatives, just drank our way across England, like a fucking mad, insane party. It was great. And she just peeled off. She was like, you know, I got to go back to my job at Wendy's. I'm like, I don't. And I just kept going. I went across to Ireland, went to a fucking stop sign that said, you know, Cork One Direction uh, bus stop sorry uh cork in one direction and Dublin in the other i was like i'll get in whatever bus comes first so i ended up going to cork and that was a great decision <laughs> <laughs> i didn't i got a few hours of sleep in this youth hostel i ended up it was a sunday which made it even worse because there was nobody out and I want to go out during the day and hit the bars and see who's out and talk to the locals. I hit maybe seven or eight bars. And I talked to like the bartenders. That's it. There was there was no one out. I was like, why are you guys even open? There's no one here. But I guess they just, they whatever. They're like, we're open for you. I was like, cool. <laughs> I guess. By the time I got to the places that people were talking to me, I was a little bit wrecked, and um, I did have a good time, um, but then it was when I was trying to get back to the youth hostel, after going to those, whatever, dozen bars at that point, um, I had a hard time. I was, like, wandering, and there was a group of youth that um, said they would help me, and uh, they did quite the opposite. They took me down an alley. Well, I mean, they said, oh, we'll do a shortcut. We'll do another shortcut down here. And I was like, cool. And uh, the lead guy is just like, now you're going to, he turns around. He's like, he's the only guy in front of me. And I see, like, I see a guy, actually, I see on the side of my body a guy pull a bud a Budweiser bottle, This makes me so mad, off a dumpster. I said, that's weird. And then the guy in front of me turns around and he's just like, "You're gonna give us all your money now, aren't you?" Now you gotta understand, as a very not savvy world traveler back then, I cashed my paycheck in in Seattle and left Seattle with I don't know, twelve grand. (laughs) At that point, I probably only had about three grand left. I don't know, maybe a little less than that, but. I had basically spent it in bars like going from to there. And it was in my pocket. And what was I going to say to the guy? Yeah, here. Here's all the money I have in my life. <laughs> I was like, no. And, and you know, in you drunken brain, you're just like. And at least back then I was, I was, I was in decent shape. I wasn't like, you know, some. Massive man, or anything, but I was just like, all right, you know, I could handle myself. I thought I could maybe hit this guy, run past him to the other end of the alley and get out at least out of the open street where they're gonna have to like fucking do it in the middle of the street with people probably seeing, you know.
1: Yeah,
0: and the Irish are decent, decent people, they, they, and they would prove that later on, all right. but um, that's not how it went down. Um, I did land. Uh, a slight hit and he laughed and punched me square in the nose i saw a big flash of white he did it again and i saw another big flash of white and i was about to go down when the guy behind me hits me on the top of the head with that bud bottle and i immediately fling around and um he sinks it into my neck I'm pretty sure he did not want to do that because of the way I moved and the way it came down. Um, It was almost, I'm not going to say a self-inflicted wound, but um, I didn't make it any better. Let's put it that way. And he actually let go of the bottle. So it was hanging from my neck where I pulled it out and started swinging at him blindly because my face was bleeding and I was bleeding from the top of my head at this point. And let's put it this way, the fight did not go well from there. Um, yeah, they, they they kicked my ever-living ass and left me there. I, I had taken the money from my pocket and thrown it so that they would get interested in doing something other than beating me up. And um, yeah, um, they, they, uh, they picked up uh, as much of it as they could. Um, the police did later retrieve some money from the alley and give it back to me. It wasn't much. Um, and I walked. I actually. I remember the guy was about to take my hat. It had fallen onto the ground. And I was wearing a nice pork pie that I got in Seattle. It was, it was, a, it was a vintage pork pie, nice gray one. And um, I just looked up and I was like, "Don't take my fucking hat." And he looked down at me, and he just kind of threw it down at me. And I, I, I'll never forget, like, the, the feeling of just, like, I'm worthless. I'm so worthless right now. But I did pick it up, put it on my head, <laughs> where I noticed, wow, that was squishy and warm and wet. And I started walking down the alleyway as quick as I could and saw nothing but a river of blood going down my body and down I, I put I, I I put my arm up onto my neck and felt it immediately start going down my arm. And I realized, shit, man, you're really losing a lot of blood. And I got to the end of the alley. And I noticed that they had disappearing up a hill. And I I just, I was like, fuck you. And I looked around and I was like, hey, buddy, here. And there was nobody there. It was like 3 a.m. on a Sunday morning in Cork, quiet time, man. It's quiet here in Philadelphia, you know. Forget about Cork. It's a Catholic city, man. They're, They're done, man. I just uh, I just sat down under a pole and, and decided this is where it's going to go. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to bleed out here, I guess. And um I was very lucky somebody uh somebody came along and and got me. And I to this day I never met the person um aside from that moment. But um I'm really glad they did find me because uh you know they they managed to get an ambulance to me. Um the doctors which I was in and out at that point. I, I I don't really remember much of it, but I do remember that when I woke up in the emergency room, every doctor around me was Indian, which was hilarious to me. Cause I was just like heaven. Like I, I didn't think about heaven, but when I saw the light above me and I saw this lady in the light, I was like, Oh fuck. Is this heaven? Is the lady bringing me up there? And I was like, Kevin's a Hindu place. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> and it, was, it was just funny. After that, it was hilarious because I got full-blooded Irish. You know, they, they pumped me full. They said I lost five and a half pints, which is a lot of fucking blood, dude.
1: That's like, that's like all of it, Kevin.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, it, uh, they said you would not have survived if you didn't get here when you did. And it was it was, a, it was nutty. It was a nutty time, man. I mean, the whole hospital stay was a whole other story. It was crazy. I'll tell you, though, man, it was funny. I was discussing with somebody in the hospital how I hadn't, when, when I was laying there thinking about the end of my life, they asked me, what were you thinking of, laddie? What were you thinking of when you're about to die? And I answered them honestly. I said, I was thinking about the fact that I hadn't had a good slice of pizza since I left. Last, last left America, I had some pizza in London, but it was bullshit. And I'm going to die without having had a good slice of goddamn pizza in so long. And he was just like, you're insane, laddie. And i was like, yes, <laughs> you're fucking right. I am." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the stay in the hospital was nuts. I mean, it's a a bit of a story, but it's, uh, you know, I I definitely uh, made a lot of friends. You know, I I ended up in in the newspaper, which was weird. It was like I was in the the, the Cork newspaper, and that's why so many people visited me, which in New York, this would not have happened. This would have just been a dumb tourist got attacked, and... He was an idiot, and he's not going to make it into the paper. But I did make it into the paper, and so a bunch of people visited me, and I actually ended up having a place to stay. Um, I I left the hospital after a couple of days. The cops came. They were just like, they want to prosecute this guy, that guy. And I was like, yeah, I think that's the guy, you know. But I mean these guys were fucking bloodthirsty. They they had they, they didn't ask me how I was doing it all. Like they just you know, all they wanted to do was put this way this guy away for murder. And I was just like, you know, I don't know how much he really wanted to murder me. And I don't know how much I want to put this probably seventeen year old kid in jail for thirty years. It was just like we're putting him in jail for thirty years attempted murder. I was like I don't know how I feel about that. And so um I left the hospital. I asked them where my clothes were. And they said, you don't have any. We cut them off of you. So I, and they, they didn't leave. Let me leave. The, I just left, but they don't, they don't monitor things there. You just, you, I mean, they give you fucking Guinness at lunch in the hospital. It's not a pint, but it's like a little thing of Guinness, like in the hospital, you're on morphine and you get Guinness. Like, I mean, that's how things go there it's, it's great it's great because i left the hospital in yellow ducky pajamas pink striped pajama top a bloody fedora and blood-covered adidas sneakers and just walked out oh with some guy's shillelagh that he gave me because he said the next time somebody tries to do that to you in in my city i want you to pound him into the ground like he's a rabbit in your patch and i was like all right I left with that. I got a cab out front. I got in the fucking cab. I looked like fucking Rocky Balboa after the fight. It, I, 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 like My eye was out to hear that my face was all fucked up. My neck was just sutured shut. And I'm talking to the cabbie. I'm like, I need to get to Linda's Youth Hostel. I'm open my Eurorail pass is still there. Been under the bed for three days. I doubt it's there. He goes, You sound like a yank. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Are you the lad I heard on the radio earlier that's looking for long Lost. This is a whole other story. The, the, the radio did call me. I'm, I'm not even going to get into it. I was like, Oh, Christ. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. He's like, Oh, well, fuck's sakes. And he pulls the cab over. And pulls me out of the cab. And walks me into a pub. And says... This is the yank that got the piss beat out of him. Behind Henry's. And there is a... Oh, it's like, <laughs> and they're trying... They're buying me drinks. And I'm like... I'm on morphine. <laughs> but I'm still drinking a drink. And... Dude, it was ridiculous. And the cab driver's drinking a drink. And I was just like, dude, where's Linda's youth hostel? It's four blocks up the road. He's like, I'm just going to walk. He's like, don't worry about the fare. I'm like, I won't. (laughs) (laughs) I just walked up the road. And I know this sounds fucking stupid, but it's true. There was a pizza shop going up the road. And I stopped the fuck in there, and they didn't sell slices, but they sold me a slice. And I had a slice of pepperoni. It was pretty motherfucking good. And it was a good goddamn piece of pizza. (laughs) Your Pass was not there. But I did manage to make it home. In order to get extradited to Philadelphia, to bring it full circle,
1: there it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, God, I think you've got enough content at this point, huh? I mean – Have I talked enough?
1: That's – Kevin, if, if you feel like you've, you've shared enough, I'm happy.
0: Yeah, I, I, we've talked for an hour and a half, right?
1: Yeah, close I to mean, it. I don't
0: get me wrong. I'll talk all night. My girlfriend needs to go to bed, though. Okay,
1: okay, okay. Um, I guess in closing, is there anything you want to promote – Anything you're doing? Anything you have upcoming?
0: I mean, I've got books. If you want to um, email me, O'Brien Kevin Paul, just like it sounds, O-B-R-I-E-N K-E-V-I-N P-A-U-L at gmail.com. I'll sell you some books. I got, I got they're all kinds of fun adventures. You know, and some of them, yeah, if you, if you read them on acid, you're going to have a great time. And I also have like a audio, uh, thing that once again, just write, write me in the email. And, um, um, other than that, um, obviously come to, um, I mean, if you live in the Philadelphia area, um, a week from this Monday, um, which I don't know when this is going to go public. So, um, Christ, what is it? Uh, February
1: 7th, it's a Monday, Um, Monday night,
0: um, Myself, uh, our illustrious host, uh, we'll have um, uh, we'll have a bunch of other um, poets there. It's gonna be amazing. Uh, that's a, that's gonna be a great place to be. Uh, what else? Uh, nothing else to promote. That's that's enough right now. Or just come to Animal Collective, and do some shrooms, it'll be, it'll be fun.
1: Well, that's it, folks. That's an open invitation to go do shrooms with Kevin O'Brien at <laughs> Animal <laughs> Collective. <laughs> <laughs> All right brother thank you for for uh, for doing this
0: yeah man my pleasure
1: Rock on Kevin
0: all right Good night
1: good night.